This is your first week at Fountain Springs Church. I hope you feel welcome. Uh, you may not know this, and so I want to explain this so we all understand this. We are not just one church that's gathered in one little circle. Uh, we are a church that has multiple locations. So if you aren't aware of this, I'm about to tell you something, and you're going to like this because this is good and what a church ought to do. On Sunday mornings, there's a group of Fountain Springers that meets at another location. We call it the Rapid City Minimum Unit. It's a local prison here in town. So let's give it up for the fellows at RCMU who are in on this. Yeah. Every single weekend, uh, we get to talk about the same stuff, the same sermon, all that, at the different locations. If you don't know this also, we're launching another location on the east side of town that'll open up, I hope, I'm praying, I'm trying to convince construction people that when Easter passes the weekend after, we'll launch the East Campus is what we're calling it. But I'm glad that you're here. If this is your first time or you are a professional Fountain Springer, I'm glad that you're here. We've been doing a series that uh, is well, delving into this pretty complicated topic called the Holy Spirit. We call it the Force because we like Star Wars, but we also want to talk about something very complicated, God the Holy Spirit. Now, some of us grew up in traditions where that was weird, and whenever you talked about the Holy Spirit, everyone started acting weird. It got weird and got confusing, and some of us grew up in traditions where we never talked about it because we didn't understand it. Uh, some of you read your Bible. It used to be the Holy Ghost, depending on what version of the Bible you read, or the Holy Spirit. But we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. This is a last week. I'm sad, mostly because I like preaching, or at least coming up on stage to the theme of Star Wars. So I'll get over that, hopefully. But uh, we're going to dive into something really cool, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we'll get into that. But let me open it up this way, talking about gifts. Uh, is anyone, anyone at all, has you, have you ever received a gift card? Has anybody ever been given a gift card? Okay. Some of you. Some of you, you, you can raise your hands in public. It's okay. Uh, so have... The gift card phenomenon for me is personally awesome because I can do all of my gift shopping at Walgreens. I could just go and every place in town has gift cards there. And you're like, you're so shallow. I'm effective and strategic. <laughs> and gift cards are, are pretty cool. I, I went on the internet and, and did some study of gift cards because I mean, everything on the internet's true. And so I'm kidding. Come on, lighten up. We're at church. This is going to be fun. Everything on the internet, by the way, for those of you who believe everything I say, the internet is not all true, okay? Just some of you are like, I knew it. No, so two-thirds, if you want to know this, just, just fun, fun statistics, two-thirds of, of America's two-thirds have, have bought and used gift cards. To make it even crazier, uh, almost 100%, I believe the exact number is 98% of teenagers request that as their top gift. Here's why, because... Parents don't know how to buy gifts, and they've given up on us. So they just say, like, give me a gift card to this location. We give my oldest son iTunes gift cards. He thinks we're great. Uh, here's what's even more fascinating, more numbers. Uh, 40% of gift cards don't go used. And some of you are like, 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 where are they? Give them to me. I'll use them, right? You're like, just, just pass them on to, on, on to me. Uh, the most requested item on a Christmas list since 2007 a gift card, because again, they're just helpful and you get to buy what you actually want rather than playing the game. Uh, thanks for that wonderful gift. Do you have the receipt? I just wanna make sure it fits and you just don't like it. You guys, you guys aren't, are you all? Come on, you know you do. I've never done that. 
ever. Uh, here's more. In the typical American home, in the typical American home, the average unused, unredeemed gift card total $300. Again, you're like, like where are these homes? Right? <laughs> uh, between 2005 and 2011, 40, sorry, I just laugh when I say, $41 billion of unused money on gift cards. I just resolved our government's problem. <laughs> if everyone would just turn in their gift cards, I think we could figure it out. Just, that's, it's crazy how much unused gift cards and what's going on, and most of us have, have either purchased a gift card for somebody or, or utilized it in some way, and the majority of us are guilty of not using the whole gift card. Now, now here's why I'm talking about this. This is a segue into, you need to know this about the Holy Spirit and about God. He's given you gifts, and the chances are, chances, are that you are underutilizing the gifts that God's given you. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Bible's very clear. The Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts. So some of you, your attention should perk up. You're like, gifts, I'm all about this. Tell me what they are. So we're gonna talk about this, but we gotta do a bit of a review because some of you, frankly, have not <clears throat> been in church for a while. And so we're gonna do a bit of a review just if you've missed any of the first couple of weeks. We'll start off with my description of you and myself. The body, mind, and spirit. This is you. This is a picture of you. You have a body. You have a mind. Yes, you do. And you have, you actually are a spirit. In different parts of your Bible, based on what version you read, it could say soul. And the most important part of you is not your body, it's not your mind, it's your soul, it's your spirit. And you need to give the most attention to your soul, your spirit. Now, the reason I tell this about you and myself, this is us, is that God has a spirit, the Holy Spirit. In fact, to say it differently, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not a third wheel to God. The Holy Spirit is not a mist. The Holy Spirit is not equated to just a power. The Holy Spirit is not just a force that the Jedi's use. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. If you want to have that unpacked more for you, you need to go watch or listen to the previous sermons. Now, to walk that up further, the Holy Spirit is your advocate. Most of us think about God the creator. Then we think about God the savior, how God saved us from our sins. And then we need to think about God our advocate. We talked about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this over and over. Calls him specifically the advocate. Here's how it looks in the original Greek, which I know you all are just itching to know. Uh, advocate, parakletos, or parakletos. Just think parakeets and you won't forget. You're welcome for that. Advocate, that's the original word. Here's what it means. The advocate called to one side, called to one's aid, walks along one's side. I review all that to help you understand God loves you, you know that. God loves you and he left his Holy Spirit that if you invite him in, he will dwell in you and be your advocate. He will come to your aid. He will walk with you and one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is your advocate is he gives you gifts. He gives you, as the Bible calls, spiritual gifts. Now, now here's, here's one of the phrasings in 1 Corinthians. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Now, frankly, you'll see some of this spiritual gift stuff abused if you watch the wrong channels on TV. 
Sometimes you'll say, people, preachers on TV sometimes will talk about spiritual gifts and their whole attempt is to <clears throat> get your money. And so you, you'll watch this and go like, I don't know if I like those spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, the intention of a spiritual gift from God is so that you'll use those spiritual gifts to help other people. That's why God gives them to us, to help other people. If you've ever wondered, like, what's my purpose on life? What am I supposed to be doing in life? Where's my significance? How do I lock this in? Is God has enabled you and empowered you to serve other people. If you do not serve people on a regular basis, you're missing out on your purpose. A spiritual gift was given to you by God so that you can help other people. Now, let's flip this because I don't want to move on without us understanding two critical things that spiritual gifts are not. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. A lot of times we think, oh, that person is just really good at basketball and God must like them more. No, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Talents. It don't think like it's an athlete or, or someone who just knows how to play the drums or someone who just knows how to sing or someone who's good at numbers, which I don't relate to you one bit. But it's not a natural talent. If it were a natural talent, it would not be a spiritual gift, if you understand that. Uh, but you need to understand that. So for those of you who feel like you don't have a lot of natural talent, this is freeing. This is what, oh, thank you, but, but I don't want you to confuse this. I'm not talking to you about how talented you are. So the Bible unfolds this. Think of this like an athletic person. Let's talk about quarterbacks since it's that time of the year. A quarterback who takes their natural talent, combines it to a spiritual gift of wisdom or leadership, and those are the quarterbacks that, that we like, and we, they actually begin to affect us and change our lives if you like football. If you're like, I know I don't ever watch football. So let's move on. Spiritual gifts are also not for an elite group. For those of us who are like, oh yeah, that's the people who go to church like 95% of the time. They're the ones that God likes a lot and, and gives special gifts to. No, 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 no. It's not for an elite group of people. For those of you who are concerned about, do I have to be like a certain good level, a certain perfect level in which God will then say, I like you enough now to give you a gift. No, that's not how it works. I'm freeing you up, hopefully, that you don't think about that you have to be perfect or that God has to like you a certain amount in order to give you a spiritual gift. So let me show you what the Bible says. Now, let me offer a disclaimer. Um, if you are nerding out on spiritual gifts, you're gonna get into the Bible and say, like, are there spiritual gifts? Just, um, this is gonna be quick, you can forget it, but listen to this. Some people say that there are no spiritual gifts anymore. They say there's zero. They're wrong. That then there's some that say that there's only 12 or there's only nine or there's unlimited. I'm not gonna get into that bait, debate today. I just want you to understand that there are spiritual gifts. Now let's go to the Bible, First Peter. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received, there again, to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The Bible tells you that if you've given your life to Jesus, if you believe that Jesus has saved you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you get gifts. Yes. You get gifts. The intention of that is not to elevate you and make you look cooler than other people. It doesn't mean that you've entered a new level of spirituality in which God now likes you more than others. No, when you are saved, as the Bible talks about, you are given gifts. Now, now here's the deal. You need to see an example of this, I think. 
And I want to help just kind of help us put it all on the same page when you take a natural talent and combine it with a spiritual gift, what that looks like. And so we captured Brooke's story. When you see Brooke, you will recognize Brooke and you will understand the combination of taking a natural talent and a God-given gift and what God can do through that. So take a look at Brooke's story. I started singing when I was like five or six. Like we did those family, you know, special music in church things. My mom would, I say she made me sing, <laughs> which is, sounds really bad, but I'm so thankful that she did because I hated getting up in front of people. It would make me so nervous. I was just always afraid to mess up or look stupid in front of everyone and be embarrassed. I think it was when I hit like middle school, high school, that I actually started enjoying it more. And um, people were always so nice and just like, You're, you have such a talent and you have a gift that God has given you. And it really wasn't actually until college though that I um, kind of took ownership of, of the gift that I um, was told maybe or that I thought I had. And I was always resistant, like, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't sing in front of people. When I had an opportunity to, after college, um, I, I was asked to be a co-worship leader at the church that I was attending, and I thought that, um, I don't know if I'm ready for that, God, and I don't know that I'm actually really cut out for that, and he was like, no, you can do this. <laughs> It's, it's funny how I can think that, no, I'm not ready for that. And I'm, I, don't have, I don't have the confidence for that. I don't have the talent for that, God. I don't have the mindset for that. But it doesn't matter if I say I'm ready or not. It's, it's more like, and God's very gentle about it. He's like, always been. It's um, very gentle nudgings of, you can do that. We can do this. I'm going to help you, and I'm going to give you the confidence you need, and I'm going to give you the tools you need, and we can do this together. That it kind of was a progression, like the next step, um, and just kind of go with it. I'm a pretty go with the flow type of person, um, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure that, like, God, I want my heart to be in the right place in this, that it's not just something that like, oh, this is really cool and like I get to be in front of a lot of people, but that it's, this is a big deal and I'm helping people connect to with God and, and lead them towards God. And I've really grown in my confidence and, and my, it's not even just singing in front of people, it's been like being, it's being vulnerable in front of people and, and leading people. Originally, it was that, oh, I, people told me, like, you gotta use that gift. And, and I thought, well, it's, I've gotta connect it with God, like he gave me this gift. And, and slowly though, it's become more of, I enjoy singing and I can actually use this gift that God gave me 
to connect with others on a deeper level. And not only that, but I can help other people connect with God on a deeper level. And I think that that's awesome. I think you hear inside of Brooke's story something very profound. She's got a natural talent to sing. Some of us <clears throat> don't have that. And, and that natural talent to sing is awesome. But you would also have to admit that everyone who can sing should not be everyone who goes and leads churches in, in times of singing and worship. You have to admit that. And so there's a natural talent, but then God gifts you specifically do what he wants you to do and how he wants you to serve other people. And Brooke has taken her ability, natural talent, to sing. And she leads us, oftentimes, in singing and worship. It's incredible. And so I want you and I to process gifts. In fact, many of you are like already like, I want to know what my gift is. Like, I want, I want to know how to, how to take what God's given me, and, and I'm going to get to that, I'm going to get to that. But, but there's a problem, because if we continue this gift conversation, there's a temptation that we'll get caught up in what we're receiving. And so there's something I want to point out. Too many people focus on their gifts and neglect their character. And the reason that we are so moved by certain people when they use their gifts is because there's character behind that. So that's why I got to change the whole sermon up. And we're going to move outside of just a conversation about gifts. And, and I'll, I don't worry, I won't leave you without a, a, a tool that will help you discover what your spiritual gifts are. But we can't move forward without dealing with character. Because if your character is not strong, if your character is not built in such a place that's good and healthy, your character will break. And your gifts will hurt people. Many of us have stories, whether you experienced it or not, of pastors, because I'll just use that example. Pastors who had certain giftings but did not have the character to manage their gifts. Many people we know that we work with or that we live with have incredible gifts from God, but the character is lacking. And that is incredibly dangerous. In fact, I made a math equation for you. Yes. Sometimes our immaturity combined with our gift becomes a dangerous situation. God has gifted you to do certain things. He's gifted you to, to, to get into the lives of people and serve people, but our immaturity, our lack of character, breaks everything down. We all have examples. In fact, some of you right now cannot help yourself but begin to have flashbacks and memories and pictures in your head of, of the people in your life that have broken out of their character and their character dissolved, and, and we've got those stories. That's what hits a lot of times our, our news feeds, where, where you have this, that person had so much potential, and, but then, and, and they broke character. If you want to know what a political race looks like, I mean, you can see the seasons in the political race where people make their stances, here's who I am and what I'm about, and then people try to what? Attack their character to find out if their character is strong enough. Every one of us would agree that character is important. So that's why I want to change this conversation from just being about the gifts of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to look at how do we live significant lives? In fact, I'll say something else here. Weak character jeopardizes your purpose. See, some of us are, are so consumed with, what's my purpose in life? What's my purpose in life? Well, I would advise you, and I hope you're more concerned with, what's your character in life? If you solidify and lock in a strong character, 
If your character is strong enough to navigate life in any circumstances, the moments that you're with people and the moments that nobody is around, that kind of a character, if that character is strong, then you will be able to carry the gifts God's given you and use them in incredible ways. But if your character is weak, your marriage is in jeopardy. If your character is weak, your kids and how they will grow up is in jeopardy. Your business is in jeopardy. Your grades are in jeopardy. Your friends are in jeopardy. If you don't have character that can withstand the temptations and struggles of life, you are in jeopardy. Your purpose is, and here's what I'm gonna tell you about you because it's the same with me, is every one of us craves to live life that has purpose and significance. Every one of us loves and enjoys this idea of a life that means something. And so some of us are pursuing success. You think if you can get to some sort of financial level or some sort of acknowledgement level that finally you'll reach it. I would tell you this. You want to know what a significant life looks like? It's someone with great character. And I know that sounds like an after-school special. I know that sounds like, well, yeah, I remember being taught that when I was young. It's true. Every one of us would own that, that the people that you value in your life are not the people that have no character. They're the people that have strong character, the people that that actually live life in such a way that people matter and they matter so much that they watch what they do and how they do it and how they say it and what they don't do. This is not about does God like you if you're good enough or anything like that. Is I believe every one of us wants to live a significant life. So that's why we're switching from a gift conversation to a character conversation. So the Bible begins to teach us though regarding the Holy Spirit and character. I'll show you this in Galatians When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, in other words, when you compromise character, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Yes, this is a long list. (laughs) Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, and yes, there's even another slide, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and for the sake, if you think we missed it, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. What you know is that you and I can read a list like that and identify with at least one of them where our character is broken. Or you might be able to reflect back in life and remember those moments where you lived that way or made those choices and we've had breakdowns in character. Now here's what's cool. Here's what's really cool because this is not a depressing sermon. This is not like, whoa, thanks for the list, David. No, see some of us right now feel convicted. You think that someone's read your mail and you're like, how did I end up in this service? How did I end up having to listen to this? And you feel this pressure, this conviction. Your, your heart rate is speeding up a bit. You think someone knows what you did or how you did it. And No, that's called the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so critical for you and I to have a character conversation Because no matter who you are or where you come from, no matter how broken your character is, God can repair it. So here's how he does it. When you give your life to God, the Holy Spirit fills you. And so that whole long list that you and I don't like of all the bad things that we could have done or have done, it doesn't end there. Let's keep reading. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And you're like, fruit? How do we get into a food conversation? It's talking about, it's a wording talking about character, talking about what comes out of you when the Holy Spirit comes in. So, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of character in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. You're like, patience exists? Yes, patience exists. 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. As a kid, when I grew up and I read that list, I got so overwhelmed by that list. I was like, so do I just spend the next 90 years working on that? Because that seems impossible. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. When you are saved, when you give your life to the Lord, that character, that Holy Spirit fills you, and you have that character. Now, it does not mean that you display that character as well as you ought. Because just like fruit, the tree needs pruned sometimes. Just like anything, it needs attention. It's not this just thing that's gonna happen. You and I have to give attention to our character and the Holy Spirit will be your advocate and walk with you if you're interested. I hope you're interested. So I love movies and you'll understand this quote. Without the fruit, you can't handle the gifts. I love it. Without the fruit, without the fruit of the Holy Spirit, without the character of the Holy Spirit, you can't handle the gifts. So that's why we're leaving the talk of the gifts. I'll return to it later, but we have to leave that, and you and I have to press into this idea that character matters, and you and I have got to do something about it. Let me prove to you that character matters. So I want you to think, as I begin to show you some things, like what you know this person for. Let's start with the president. See, some of you are like, you're really going there? And let me say something that you may not agree with. I think President Bill Clinton made some awesome decisions while president. I think if you are willing to have an open mind that he made some great decisions, but you don't know him for his great decisions, do you? You know him for where his character was revealed. His character basically hit primetime news for, for a long time and, and led to a horrible moments for our country, for him, for a lot of things. And I'm not here to get political. I'm just proving to you and I that character matters. Character is what marks other people. Now, let, let, let's, let's leave. So those of you who, who hate politics, don't worry. We'll go back to that sometime during this year. Uh, but I want to show you another one, Volkswagen. You're like, no, you didn't. No, Volkswagen, for those of you who don't know about Volkswagen and you don't read the news and you live in a hole, here's what happened with Volkswagen. Volkswagen uh, decided to lie. If you don't know this, here's what happened is they created some awesome computer that's not awesome because the computer inside the vehicles lied. It lied about the emissions. It lied about the pollution that their vehicles were causing and they trained their car computer stuff. I'm talking very sophisticated here. They, talked, they made their cars be able to basically lie about the emissions and so that was discovered. <laughs> now some of you are like, so pastor's telling us to sell our V-dub? Like, what's, what's, what's he saying? No, don't, don't sell your V-dub. Give it to the car ministry we've got. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just kidding a little bit. Uh, no, I'm not telling you. Don't, don't misinterpret this. Don't, like, pastor says we're not allowed to own V-dub. So no, 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 no. Uh, but, but the articles that I've read have been interesting. See, so now it's been known that, that V-dub pretty much uh, uh, had no character as they created some vehicles. It's even leaked in somehow some of the Porsches were made. And, 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 and now people are not wanting V-dubs. The quality of the car did not change. Like now if you read some articles, there's people like begging V-dub to buy the vehicles back. I'm just trying to show you that character matters. Character, what you do matters. Character matters. Let's finish with this one. This will be obvious and it seems too easy. Uh, Tiger Woods. <laughs> if you don't follow golf and you're like, who follows golf? If you don't follow golf, I grew up loving golf, enjoy playing golf, and, and 
If you don't know this about golf history, golf history changed. This man changed it. This man actually redefined golf. There are people who hate golf, don't like golf, think it's stupid, but watch it when Tiger Woods plays. He became this epic player dominating golf until his character got revealed. And if you follow golf at all, he went from the very best golfer to ever play the game of golf to now he oftentimes can't even last a whole tournament. And it all broke open when his character was revealed. I'm just trying to show you that our character matters. The gifts are important. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are important. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the character, is so much more important. How's your character? Don't answer that out loud. But let me help you walk out how your character might be. Would you be okay, for those of you who are parents, would you be okay with your kids seeing everything that you see during the day? Hearing everything that you say during the day. For those of you who are married, would you be okay with your spouse knowing everything, everything, everything about your life? For those of you who are kids and you're still being raised by your parents, do you want them to know? See, this character conversation, this character conversation is life-changing. If you're interested in having a significant life, then I think you're interested in having a character conversation. And the Bible tells us that when you invite God into your life, he walks with you and helps you with your character. And so when I read to you about love and joy, you're like, that sounds sweet, that's awesome, I can do that a little bit. But then I read to you about self-control and patience, you're like, mm, never heard of that, never seen it actually. No, no, I'm, what I'm telling you is it's in you. But you gotta cultivate it. So there's some freedom in them. This is really cool. If you keep reading in that Galatians, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature. If you need that translated, have nailed their breakdown in character, have nailed the list that they don't want anyone else to know, have nailed the stuff that they've done that they don't want anybody else to know about. They've taken that and they've nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Simple thing here. This is, sounds basic. If you have a break in your character, you need to fix your character. Now, for some of us, you're like, fix my character? That seems like a daunting task to, to just all of a sudden fix character. If you try to do it yourself, yes. Good luck. I'm telling you, it's impossible. However, if you were to engage life differently and rather than relying entirely on yourself, relying on yourself to, to do better or to try to be a good Christian as we've talked about, but you say, Holy Spirit, God, I need you to be my advocate today. Help me love today. Help me be self-controlled today. And then you make the decisions that you know you're supposed to make. I put this, I want you to hear this to help you understand the comparison of what might be going on in your life. Left unmanaged, your circumstances will crumble your character, and without character, fear and the need to self-protect will rob you of being able to love other people. Hopelessness and despair will fill your heart instead of joy. Anxiety and worry will consume you instead of peace. 
resentment and the need to control everything will rob you of patience. Thoughtlessness and cruelty will rob you of having kindness. Being unethical and dishonorable will rob you of goodness. You will become an opportunist and incredibly disloyal or you will be filled with faithfulness. You get to choose. You will be rough and arrogant or be full of gentleness, impulsive, instead of being self-controlled. Which do you want? Which do you want? See, you can't accomplish the good fruit on yourself. You need the Holy Spirit. You need God to fill you and walk that out with you. And, and by the way, I'm not talking about perfection because I'm going to own this. <laughs> I do not have all nine of those fruit just being awesome all day long, every day. No one does. But what you can do is rely on God to help that fruit actually grow. It's time to fix your character. If you don't fix your character, you need to know what's at the end of that road. Your marriage will fall apart. Your kids will grow up with an example of what a dad and a mom are supposed to look like, and they're not supposed to look like that. You will get done with school, and you might have had the right grades, but you'll have compromised your work ethic for the rest of your life. If you don't deal with your character and fix your character and ask God to help you fix your character, then the gifts that God has given you will be misused, mismanaged, underutilized, and you will never reach your potential that God had set for you. You gotta fix your character. Now, some of you right now are already processing, you're like, David, I can't change. Like, it's so big and so grand, and, and the decisions, and the, it's just consuming you, and you're like, I can't change, I can't change. And I came across a story this week that ticked me off. It literally robbed my joy for about an hour. <laughs> Let me tell you this story. In Seattle, in Seattle, they've had a great deal of problem with folks getting drunk and just living on the streets. So in Seattle, this is true, you can, I, 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 check me on this. So in Seattle, these folks that are getting drunk, that are addicted to alcohol, addicted to different substances, that are ruining their lives, that are living on the streets, uh, and then coming to the homeless shelters, wanting home, here's what happened. Seattle said, hey, we don't believe you can change, so here's what we're gonna do. They built an $11 million facility to house 75 homeless people. You can live at this homeless shelter. You do not have to do a recovery program. You do not have to come sober. You can leave drunk, it doesn't matter. They don't care if you make any changes at all in your life. They don't think you can change. In fact, to make sure you know these are not my words, Bill Hobson, the program's executive director, believes most alcoholics can't change. Quote, once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. He's citing an example of an alcoholic who got drunk 10 minutes after being released. Hobson and his group believe that some people are beyond hope and the ability to change. I radically disagree with that. See, some of you get overwhelmed by a character conversation because you're so entrenched in your list. Your list of the sinful desires, the affair, the stuff you're watching, what you've been saying, what you've been doing, and you're entrenched. You're so entrenched, you're like, I can't change, David. I don't know what you're just gonna wreck everything if I change. And the devil tells you, oh, nonstop, don't let anybody know, don't let it out, don't fix it, you can't, you cannot change, you are this. And I'm gonna tell you right now, whether you listen, you can change. You can. But you can't change without the Holy Spirit. 
you need God to intervene in your life. That is your only hope. It's my only hope. The reason we gather and have church is not to be good people. It's because we need God to live out the fruit and the gifts in life. And if you this character conversation robs you of all joy, don't let it stop you in your goal to have joy. Fix your character. I don't need to even preach any further because you know what needs to be fixed. You just have to surrender to God. Say, God, this is what's going on. I need your Holy Spirit to fill me. Now, some of you are like, David, I got the character conversation. I got got this. Well, then I would tell you, use your gifts. Start using your gifts. What I'm about to say is, is offensive, and it's intended for that. Some of you, you've got gifts, and you've got the character to support the gifts, but you don't use the gifts. If this is your church, if that comes out of your mouth and is thought in your head, and you say, this is my church, Fountain Springs is my church, but you don't serve, you don't use your gifts, I kindly and out of love tell you to go find a church where you can use your gifts. Because we believe strongly that gifts are not intended to be buried underground or not utilized. That God gave you those gifts because other people are depending on you to use your gifts. And so for those of you who know what you're gifted in and you know how to do that, you need to start using them. Now, now I had to wait till this part of the sermon to tell you how to help you get your gifts because you wouldn't listen to all the stuff I've already said. I know you. On the app, in the next steps section on the app, is a spiritual gift test. Now, now, you'll pass the test. It, it's not that kind of test. It'll help you discover, it'll help you begin that conversation of figuring out what your spiritual gifts are. So if you're like, David, I got the character locked down, I'm gonna keep on working on that, I, I wanna use my gifts, then you go discover your gifts through the app, it'll help you, but let's go back, character conversation. You can change but you need to give your life over to God. You need the Holy Spirit to fill you to help craft his fruits.